What's good, people? Guess who's back? Back again. Episode 14 of Sports Debate Tuesday starts. <laughs> Edit that part out. <laughs> it starts right now. <laughs> All right, what's good, people? This is episode 14, man. We got had some really good feedback from last week, so let's get to it, my man. First question. I'm going to read our first question to you, okay? All right. All right, question number one for the topics today. Moving on. Uh, no, 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 no. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Wow. All right, check it out. From last Thursday. To the present, the NFL draft mania has run wild, okay? With the virtual draft dust finally uh, starting to settle, uh, which draft pick was a surprise to you and which draft pick was no surprise at all? We're going to go one apiece on this one, okay? So starting with you, which one was a, a big surprise to you? A uh, big surprise to me was uh, was Tristan Wirfs going to um, Tampa uh, just because of the effect that he'll have. You know, yeah. um, I thought it was crazy that he dropped that far. I thought all the offensive line would be off the board by then, but um, they weren't, and they picked him up, and it was just uh, it was crazy how it all just, but um, kind of like laid out. But the draft is uh, is pretty crazy. It was very very stacked draft for a lot of different positions, and then uh, then the skill positions. Even though there's a lot of wide receivers and a lot of teams got a lot of things they needed, so great draft by honestly a lot of teams. A really good draft for a lot of teams. Oh my God, dude. Rob McLean, <laughs> my biggest surprise has to be Jordan Love, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is like, yo, we had a good season, right? 12 wins or 13 wins, or whatever it was last year. Had a stout defense under new, under new coach Matt LaFleur. Aaron Jones, we always trying to become the new Aaron there. And I'm thinking, hey, let's get a little complimentary tight end. I could have someone throw a block you know let's let's get some more wide receivers let's get let's let's give dante um Devontae adams a running a running mate so what do they do in their first round selected on the 26th pick for the green bay packers utah state jordan love now don't get me wrong the guy can ball all right if he's going for any other team maybe the raiders maybe for the jaguars i mean his 2018 season threw for 300 uh 3567 yards 32 touchdowns six picks you know furloughed his senior year because he, he wanted to become eligible for the draft he must have killed it in the combine for people even to consider this guy for the first round but aaron Rodgers must be like like the game signed with g unit had people like huh <laughs> Yeah, what the hell I mean, do you think that that's, that's about? Tough. Do you think do you think that they think that um, Aaron Rodgers has maybe two more years instead of four? Because we talked a couple of episodes before. He wanted to be wanted to play. He wanted to go four, but you and me were like, he ain't going no four. So maybe that's what the front office is thinking. I mean, the thing is with me with Aaron Rodgers is he doesn't have the durability. So the older he gets, the less durability he's going to have. And you know, if he's not on the field, he's not on the field. That's just what it is. Um, I think it's tough. And if you have a guy like Jordan Love, just like the same thing with what the Eagles did, where if you have oh, a guy that you're looking at, you know, that, that, that could possibly be interesting going forward, like Jacoby Brissett was for the, for the, um, for a lot of teams, honestly, um, you give yourself an option if they get, if they get hurt. Right. So it's just a, a really interesting choice, but I think it's a smart choice. Honestly, the, the hedge host and the GM, they want to do something. They, they like this guy. That's what uh, that's what they were saying right off the bat. So if that's their guy, they're going to go get him and uh, live with it. But um, yeah, man. we'll see. All we'll the see. dogs were barking on that one, man. I, got, I heard we'll a see. dog in the back. Even the dog was like, rrr, 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 rrr. what yeah, the hell is y'all problem? Happy. Not a lot of happy people. <laughs> All right. Not so which which um so which draft pick did not surprise you at all? You're like, boom, obvious is obvious. I mean, let's just say like outside the top five. I think the most obvious pick um, was Isaiah Simmons to the Cardinals. Um, I think that was, oh, you know, yeah. game changer, game changer. You yeah. know, because when when you take a guy like him, you, you maybe you have to change your defensive scheme a bit. But in their defense, he actually fits perfectly where he can just roam around. He can get the tackles. He can be. Uh, just an X-Factor type of player, right? Yeah. And he has the X-Factor type of physical ability. So I think that changes that team around in a heartbeat. So I, I think it's a great pick. And 
that's an obvious pick. Um, they didn't move up to get him, and you know, hey, they got the best player. Uh, honestly, one of the best players in the draft. So, well, Great. Rob, yeah. Rob, if, if the coach had half a brain, um, like, um, I mean, this guy's out of Clemson, and of course, and 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 that coach just let him let him have free reign, and they're always in the national championship picture because of him, and they've always they were always well coached, and I'm glad he landed with Arizona. Um, at, uh, I believe it was the eighth pick eighth pick and Arizona also picked up a good tackle Josh Jones um you know out of Houston in the third round so that was a pretty good mm-hmm. that, that that guy was still around for the third round Rashard Lawrence out of LSU always a problem that's an edge rusher or, or um like a um like a defensive um like a front four guy I don't know I'm not sure if I was running the running the four three or three four I'm only assuming it's a four three um so so with that being said my Surprise. Um, my um, my Nate Diaz, I'm not surprised, mother, mother effer uh, <laughs> draft pick goes to. Uh, I'm lazy. Uh, Tua uh, uh, Tua Tagalogloga. Still still messed it up. We're going to do like a, a, a an outtake, and I'm going to be like, boom, boom, and have the background music. You're going to get it eventually. Yes. Tua. Hey, with a name like Jason DeBellis, imagine how long it took me for that. Um, Tua is someone Miami wanted, and there were there. I mean, there was some talk about Justin Herbert. There was some talk about you know um, Love and some other quarterbacks, but they last year was the campaign to tank for Tua, Rob. <laughs> and 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 I'm not surprised. They they were they didn't trade up. Their gut says Washington wasn't going to go with him. And, I mean, Dan Snyder and, and the coach pretty much were adamant about keeping Haskins. So they're like, I hope Washington's not being a D-hole about this and head faking us. And and it was a small chance, but obvious is obvious. I got to go with two on that. Um, yeah, and that's that's – I guess that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Crazy that they tanked for Tua and then they didn't tank well enough. And then, they, and then Tua gets hurt and they ended up not having it trade up for him because of all this because if he was able to go to workouts pro workouts and, and work out for teams he would have gotten Ooh, chosen before he might have got sn- yo that getting yeah. injured really helped him huh for sure. he well, would have got even that, but, but just this whole process because he got injured and it dropped him back so he probably lost a couple million dollars um but uh he he got maybe to a team that 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 May may be able to help him in the in the in the short term a little better, and he might be able to help them in the short term a little better. Yeah. Some team that's not like how people are saying, you know, about the Cincinnati Bengals, where you know it might be a couple of years until they're they're truly a a, a legitimate playoff contender. You know? Yeah, I think um, they're gonna. Um, yeah, I think they're gonna uh, Peyton Manning Burrow. I think they're gonna have him start his first year, take his lumps, get acclimated or whatever. Seems like a pretty tough guy, so I don't think they're gonna. He's gonna get roughed up too much. He is because he's a rookie, and you know how the NFL is. In, in addition to being like one and a half times faster than college, they're licking their chops. They smell rookie. Um, I really liked to. Uh, his ability to not turn over the ball. Like if you look at his last three years with Alabama, pretty much since he's he's played the sophomore year, he was 11, 11 touchdowns, two picks. 2017 43 touchdowns only six picks uh um 2018 and last year 33 and 3 30 for touchdowns to interceptions so he he um he's just what Miami looks uh is looking for and um um Brian um the head coach whose name escapes me and I swear to you it'll come back to me I'm so happy that he's got someone to work with because they were supposed to be so embarrassingly bad they only said that Miami was going to only win two games but they fought Somewhere between the middle of the season at the end, you 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 weren't getting no free lunch from Miami, and, and Miami ruined the Patriots' day, didn't they? They they, they yeah, ruined the Patriots on um, the last the game of the, of the season, season ruined their bye. So those guys and, come to fight. Yep. And that I believe was one of the uh, first tank anchors' uh, point about Cincinnati being one of the worst places to play in football because <clears throat> so could Cincinnati, so could have the Cleveland Browns. So could have many of the other teams who just ended up their season the same way they um, started losing. You know, they just lost and lost, and then they kept losing and they lost. Um, but like a team like Miami, for whatever reason, they turned it around. Um, and that just shows what kind of culture you're going into. No doubt. And I think the culture says a lot more than uh, almost more times than the skill that you have in your team. You know, it transcends that. So. You need to be able to have a great culture to go into to have a successful, um, to build a successful team. 
So. Yep, I like it. Hi, right, Rob. Bobby McGee. Rob, keep it McLean, McLean. Here's question number two. What you got? On each night of the draft, there are a lot of trades and deals for teams to move up to get the players they want. So Rob McLean, or should I say Jason DeVillius, <laughs> which team benefited the most from the draft overall? You go first, Jay. Thanks, Rob. Thought you'd never ask. <laughs> you got it, man. Rob McLean, check it out. <laughs> I got to go with the Miami Dolphins. All right. They waited. They played the patience game. They tanked for two. They got what they wanted. Injury notwithstanding, definitely have them fall, uh, fall easier on their lap. But in addition to that, they they got um, 164th. They got this edge rusher named Curtis Weaver. I'm like, why the hell did nobody picked up this guy the first three rounds or four rounds is beyond me. That dude was still around. And they were like, they're like, wait, edge rusher. Are you kidding? We got him, man. And they got an off, uh, offensive tackle that um, San Francisco traded Matt Breida right um mm -hmm. for um and for a fifth round pick i actually i, I scratched that san francisco is the one that got that, that got colton mckivitt so leave that um they got austin jackson who's an offensive lineman now mm -hmm. i'm not a big usc fan but that dude was 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 just bumping people off the block. He was just knocking people on their butt. Uh, uh, once and and last but not least, a very capable head coach. The guys believe him, uh, believe in him. You know how easy it is to tank this year season when you're losing a bunch of games and you and you just lose your motivation and your fans are booing you and you're getting embarrassed out there. And these guys are still playing from bell to bell. Good coach, good offensive line, new edge rushers. Great trade to get Matt Breida uh, from San Francisco because now they got another another back besides Tevin, Tevin Coleman. Um, mm -hmm. New quarterback, young team. I'm excited for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Dolphins, man, I like I like what they did. I think I liked a little bit more what they did pre-draft. I like their free agency a bit more. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, I think they did some good things. But um, Who's your team? I, I think – well, I think that the uh, the team that that benefited the most from the draft, honestly, it's it's hard to to, to not say this, but I watched the Gi the Giants draft. Uh, you know, back home, New York Giants, they had a fantastic draft. They drafted two offensive linemen and probably the two top five offensive linemen, top eight offensive linemen in the first three rounds, and then in the second round they got their starting safety next year uh, of one of the three pretty solid safeties of, on the team. Um, they're just going to uh, up their entire team um, all the way down to the second round because they're changing their scheme a bit. They're going from 4-3 more to a 3-4, even though last year they had a 3-4. But they're going to stick with that and go more of a hybrid scheme. But they're uh, putting in like a lot of these Bilicek guys all the way down to the seventh round. I'm talking about fifth, sixth. They got a great guard in the fifth round um, that could play center. Um, they got... Uh, a lot of uh, edge rushers and offensive, uh, I mean, outside linebackers. So great job on the Giants. I think they got one of the best drafts in the league. I mean, the Cowboys also had a freaking great draft. I mean. They got the wideout they wanted. Right? Yeah, CD, they got CD? I mean, yeah, I mean, it was good there. But they also had, I mean, they went defense all the way through. They got Trevon Diggs in the second round, like mid to late second round. And he's like a first-round grade. So they got a great cornerback there. Uh, they got uh, a defensive tackle, um, Gallimore from, uh, I believe it was Oklahoma. Yeah. And man, he is just a mover. Um, first round grade on him too in the third round. So uh, it's pretty crazy that uh, the NFC really just notched up, uh, notched up the level a little bit. And I think it's going to be a really good season, really good for this division. I think Pittsburgh picking up our guy from Notre Dame. Um, hey, Claypool. Yes, Chase that. Claypool, right? Um, yeah, listed as a wide receiver, but the dude is built like a tight end. And, you know, that, that kind of hard-nosed thing where, you know, Mike Tomlin expects his receivers to block people off the bump. Um, um, he's going to be really, really good. And he's got pretty oh, good man. speed. If you remember him at the combine, he was key. He was running like a four. Like a four, uh, four, four. Yeah, just ridiculous. Someone that big Ooh. just. Remember what I tell you I'm not scared of big people again? Remember what I told you a couple of weeks ago? I wasn't scared of big people because they couldn't catch me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you got, um, uh, and we're going to get to good force. idea. We, we got a whole bunch of others, but we're going to save them for good idea, bad idea as well. Yeah. Cause me and you were talking about big guys that could run a couple of weeks ago and we owe it to ourselves to, to, to wait a little bit on that for the people watching. Be patient. Okay. okay. Bear with us, but don't get undressed. 
All right, question number three. We just rolling yeah. through them, Bobby. Rolling, rolling. Man. With all of the big off-season <laughs> moves, the balance of power has shifted significantly in all the divisions, and I think we both agree on that. With that being yeah. said, Rob, which division do you now consider the most up for grabs? Any uh, man's division to win. So it's hard to say, and I'm not saying this is the best division. Um, just because I talked about the uh, the Giants in the, in the last one, I'll say <clears throat> what's that up, they're What's up right for there. grabs where, like, anyone can win? And I know NFC East is, like, right there because uh, I think that a lot of teams got a lot better and they're always right there at the yeah. end. Um, and the so Giants got better, too, like you just said. They did. Um, and the Redskins. But I think that the NFC South is probably the most up for grabs now. Again, uh, granted – it, it really matters on how the draft picks kind of kind of move in. Like if Isaiah Simmons doesn't really pan out this year, you know, first year, and it takes more time to adjust, uh, it could have a big difference. But that division is just stacked. And, I mean, because Cl Cliff Kingsbury, they're going to put points on the board. Now they have some sort of defensive presence to be able to stop teams. That means they could steal a game in the division. That's what we really see. You only play a team twice in the division. So you steal one game. It's a toss-up now in the division. Even if your records are generally yeah. close, you don't beat the same teams. You don't have the st same strength of record. You know, it's very close. So with Tampa, New Orleans, and then you have the Panthers, you don't know what they're doing. Kyle Allen could have a great year. He could have a bad year. Um, I just think that that, that division yeah, Bridgewater, is Bridgewater, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bridgewater. Well, that's a competition, but really I think, gonna, I think, uh, I think Ty's going to go to Teddy on this one. No, 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 to start for sure. Yeah. Uh, kind of yeah but it'd just be interesting to see what 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 could happen with that team you know so that's a strong um, wow that's and, a and good division got, man you know of course that of course you got tom brady in there so it yeah james winston's working out a deal with the new orleans saints to be uh drew Brees backup wow. um even though they got a young cat in there i think um hell hellman or something like that um yeah. all right rob with that being said um i was actually gonna go afc east but but my, I don't think Miami's closed the gap that much. Why I don't think Buffalo is a lock, right? I think they got a beat on Sam Donald, the US, USC quarterbacks for breakfast. So I'm not going there. <laughs> Rob, I'm going to surprise everybody when I'm going to say the NFC West. All right, you got the San Francisco 49ers. Got a stout defense. Um, uh, got a wide receiver, 25th in the draft pick, Brandon uh, from Arizona State. So uh, you know he's well coached. That's Herm Edwards' territory. Um, and Herm Edwards, you know, is is really good about the slot, the, the you know, deep threats. He's all about sticking his man or losing his guy. He's a well-coached guy in San Francisco. is going to be glad to have him. Uh, the mm -hmm. Seattle Seahawks. All right, listen, when they won, they won because they had the Legion of Boom. They won because the Legion of Boom was gone and they had a bend but don't break, de break defense and even when all of that was gone even when they had a halfway decent running back even when they had halfway decent to non-existent wide receivers they had Russell Wilson the one man gang running for his life or was he just throwing touchdown passes running for the ones he wasn't throwing and right now they got a linebacker Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech this dude is killing it man and um not to mention San Francisco uh, so that's Seattle San Francisco I just mentioned they got a good wide receiver got a good defensive lineman for out of South Carolina, um, Kinlow, um, to already support their already stout defense. Um, Isaiah Simmons, you just mentioned Arizona, in addition to getting Hopkins, in addition to get um, to, to play next to Fitz. Uh, it's going to be really good, man. <laughs> Kyler Murray in his second year putting up big numbers with really nobody except Fitz uh, his first year. So that's that division that was settled by a stoppage at the goal line, at the one-yard line by the two top teams, which, by the way, determined the number one, who was going to be the number one seed and who was going to be the number five. <laughs> yeah, Rob, sticking to my guns, man. It's, it's, for me, it is the, um, the NFC West, the wild, mm. wild West. I mean, we could say the same thing about um, the um, AFC North, right? You got um, yeah. Bengals. Bears are uh, looking um, nice, man. Oh, NFC North, yeah. Bears are looking oh, yeah. good. Minnesota's always stout. They always have a good win-loss record against Aaron Rodgers. So particularly those guys always beat the crap out of each other in their division, no matter who the dominant team is. Um, I bring your attention to the AFC North. Pittsburgh, the Ravens always play each other tough. The Browns, Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield put a, put a, um, put a price on his head. <laughs> so um, the cool thing about that division is everybody that plays each other, no matter what their win-loss record, it's a, it's a division rival. 
It's a division sure. rival. Everyone's going to get hit. Man, I've seen two personal fouls uh, on Antonio Brown that that got Pittsburgh 30 yards of, of, of um, personal foul uh, penalties that got him a field goal that beat Cincinnati in the playoffs. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that's rivalries. Yeah, man. Rivalry, <laughs> rivalry, rivalry. <laughs> All right. So that's it for football, my man. Yeah. We're moving on to our sport, my favorite sport. Yeah. Beach volleyball. Now, Rob, we did a really, really good job last week on the women's top five. We last week we did the top five American beach, um, top five female American beach players in the, uh, today. Um, quite a buzz. Good feedback. Everybody liked it. Um, in fact, and some indoor people who, like Jomo, my boy Jomo, who I've been following, um, uh, Alex Kleiman since indoor. And since overseas is, is you know, she, 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 she kind of moved the needle and got a lot of indoor people. So with that being said, ladies first, the guys are on the clock. Rob mm-hmm. McLean from five to one. We're going to go back and forth. Five to one. Who are your top five American male beach volleyball players? So my five, my number five is uh Reed pretty. Um, I thought his, uh, what is it called? His his growth has been great. Um, just the way he looks in the court, it looks really smooth, and uh, it looks like he's very calculated in, in what he's trying to do now. Um, so I definitely saw growth recently at the, at the end of last season. So was, I hope that you know he's putting the work in still and continued growth. But yeah, from now from where I see it right now, he's like uh, he's definitely in that number five spot. Cool. I like Red Pretty because remember a couple of years ago he's in the qualifier um, with Came Shock and went all the way from there to like making semifinals with Ricardo mm-hmm. and then making finals with um, this dude and finally winning a finals. In fact, a gold series with Trevor Crab. Um, very, very well deserving. Elite athlete on the indoor scene. Trained. They train. You remember us playing indoor, man. We train terrible. We train terribly, man. We just mm-hmm. kill our bodies, man. He's so happy to do a different kind of training for beach because it's low impact. And he's found a new lease on life, particularly than the sport he loves, particularly where he has more responsibility because it's doubles. It's as close to a, an individual sport as you're going to, as volleyball's going to get. Uh, my fifth, my fifth pick is Jeremy Casebeer. Jeremy Casebeer, and this, these are my reasons. One, he's a triple crown winner, okay? He was first in the AVP in kills, aces, and blocks. And in the aces category, no one even came close, okay? And, and he's just murdered. And my second reason, this man has an uncanny gas tank. He, if he lived in ancient Rome, he's the type of guy that would nail people into a cross in between playing sports, okay? One is hunting and one is wrestling in the arena. That is my man, Jeremy Casebeer. Last but not least, can't, can't be in this top five unless you're, you're competitive and you compete for that chip. Competed for a chip, won the chip. Uh, and uh, I, with Came Shock in Seattle. So he's my number five pick. And the only reason why he wasn't a little higher is his, uh, the aces uh, are up there and no one's even close. But unfortunately, the service errors, you live and die. <laughs> are also up there. Yeah. So, Rob, my number four, I'm going to go first on this one because you went first okay, last yeah, time. It's my turn. Yeah. I'll let you talk. <laughs> my fourth is the older crab. I got to go with Trevor Crab. Love what he's been doing the last four or five years. Every guy that that guy's partnered up, partnered up with has made the finals. He partnered up with his brother, Taylor, made the finals three times. He partnered up with Rosie, who's like the Pat Riley of the AVP. He's always going to get you to the finals. Whether you win or lose, that's up to you. He partnered up with John Mary, won two FIVB tournaments. However, three-star, but a win is a win is a win. Had success with him. Hooked up with Triborn, man. They, they're, they've done better on the internet international scene than they did in the AVP. Last but not least, hooked up with Reed Pretty because Triborn got hurt and won the Gold Series, the Manhattan Beach Open. So now that man's name is etched in time, etched on the Manhattan Beach Pier, etched in the annals of the AVP history and and possible future Hall of Famer. My number four pick, Trevor Beefcake Crab. (laughs) He's the Uh, beefier crab. (laughs) All right, I'll give you that. I ain't call um, him meathead. No, I'm going to call him, you know, whatever. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number four would be uh, Chase Budinger. Uh, I think, again, uh, another great 
growth of a player. Um, for me, big guys on the list, they just got to like dominate. And I think that he's started to started to dominate a little bit at the net um, with like the slower plays with the on twos. He's been able to kind of be a smarter blocker, maybe not as much as a physical blocker on like the on swing on you know full attack or set up offense, but um, definitely a crafty blocker. So. And then, of course, side out and swinging looks great. And then he and Casey did a great job of setting each other up uh, for options. So I definitely think that his his skill and IQ just definitely went through the roof and love to see what he brings to the next couple of years. True elite athlete, man. True elite athlete in that guy, man. He just comes in, and, and in a matter of a couple of years, he's always in the conversation in the semis and finals, you know. So, um, True. He has these uh, these streaks too, where you don't want to serve him. He's so unstoppable, you know. And he and he uh, his ability to set his partner has improved significantly. He's very very competitive at the net, uh, on offense and defense. He's got a pretty good jump serve, so he gets an honorable mention in my book. Um, and it was just, well, it, I mean, and, f- the last two were just so hard. There were like four people balanced in and out. Like Triborn's not on my list, and Triborn normally would be. But um, Trevor Crabb has one thing that he doesn't. He has three abilities, accessibility, availability, and uh, uh, durability. You know, I mean, for me to, to be the, one of the best beach volleyball players today, you have to be playing. <laughs> so, yeah. So, no, try, yeah, try, try would have, try would have easily been like, on this list. They're, they're, yeah, same. I mean, they're, they're both not on mine, but I mean, they could both be on my list. I yeah. just think it's, you know, a, a small sample size that we've seen so far of them being successful. So, yeah, Tim, keep that up. Tim Baumgren gets the rub, too, as far as honorable mentions are concerned. And I'm doing sure. honorable mentions sure. right now because I think we pretty much uh, might be saying the same thing for our top three. So, Rob, who is your number three? Well, I was going to say, too, about uh, Chase. It's also interesting oh, to see, Sorry. like, because he also, you know, he, he was, a, like, not more of an athlete, but he was a great college athlete and then, a, a, not like, an like not an average basketball athlete, but he had knee surgeries and, and like, the reason why he was out of the league because, you know, it, like, kind of affected the way he kind of played or so it was been told. So um, it's just interesting to see him come to, primer- like, presumably maybe a more athletic sport and be – athletic and yeah. be a big guy that's that's obviously a difference maker so and he did have star listen he, and he did have enough star power in the nba where if he's he starts winning a bunch of avp titles fivb that's going to make mainstream news he's good for the sport you know definitely definitely and, people knew his name i mean he was a shooter he was he was a dead-eye shooter at one point i mean uh, yeah super yeah, introverted too i asked the coach i'm like what's this guy's deal he walks around like he like mcgruff the crime dog without the words you know and he's like nope he, he's at a dinner table you won't hear a word from him. he's just eating and i'm like okay that's just who he is and um yeah i mean i saw him first time i saw him you know i was i'm a new york fan i saw him play for the brooklyn nets a little bit so he was with them and um but honorable mention so rob who 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 is your number three um, my number three is uh, the one who's always been there. I mean, he and John Hyden are like right there for me, but uh, I haven't seen John too much playing. Um, so it's been difficult for me to put him on the list. But uh, Jake Gibb uh, is my number three. Um, again, just super dependable. If you're not, if you're a big guy that's on the list, or if you're a big guy that's up there, whether beginning of the career, end of the career, you know, trying to build something, whatever it is. The best thing you could be is dependable, you know, before you're a star, before you're <clears throat> doing extra things. Because if you're the big guy, if you're the blocker, first line of defense, like, you need to be dependable. And I think Jake, even from the beginning, even playing with Rosie, playing with everybody he's played with, he's always been the dependable person. Like, he's not going to go out there try to bounce the ball. He's going to put the ball in that corner and put it in the right spot every time. Like, And that just makes you play at a higher level so, so you can go out there and do great things and i think that's that's really why he and taylor work well together is that uh taylor's so x factor he wants to do everything extra and i think that jake wants to do everything so perfect i think they kind of work out together you know, yeah. i think they will kind of flash in the right time so yeah i'm excited for the olympics eventually <laughs> yeah man well my number three and um my number three is jake gibb rob all right 
The guy's second in the league in aces. I mean, no one's going to catch Case Bear, but I mean, the next person behind him was was 20 aces behind him, and he did it in, thir- in 36 matches. So he did probably f- an average of four la- matches less than everybody else. So um, he was um, second in blocks, two behind Case Beer. Um, Case Beer's 137. He had 135. He won. The, uh, he and Taylor won four of the six AVP tournaments that they played in, and were also. And if they weren't, they were second or third. Um, moreover, I talk. I talking about. I was talking about Jerry. Uh, Jeremy Case Beer's conditioning. This man's conditioning and his health and nutrition is is um, uh, particularly knowing, be, uh, given his age, because it's one of those things that everybody talks about, and it's so weird that everybody talks about it because when he's on the court. He just looks like a regular young player. There's nothing to talk about. And I'm, I'm excited for the Olympics next year, just like you are, because there are some people, like, the longer you wait, the worse it's going to get, and the longer you wait, the better it's going to get. And I think he's one of those guys that's going to stay the same and maybe on an on a, on a IQ level because of his good nutrition is, um, is probably getting a little bit better. Listen, we all, our IQs, Rob, all, as the years go, we're just smarter players. We just can't do do anything about it because we're not physically able to. So you got someone like him, 43 years of age, who's smarter and is able to physically do the things he wants to do, man. This this might be the time of his life. Yeah, yeah I think this is definitely great for him. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll see. I mean, you could definitely see physically he's lost a step maybe in the year, last year or so. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think it just kind of, you always, even as a player, you always just have to, whoever, whatever the player you are in that moment, you just got to make the best of that. Yeah. You know, compete with that the best you can instead of just like, oh, I'm this or I'm that. Definitely. And, and I always yeah. think he lost a step too, but I'm like, um, compared to what? Like I look at I look at him a decade ago, what was his step? <laughs> I guess they're all a little bit faster. All right, my number two. Um, I'm going first on number two. Yeah. Got to go with Phil Dalhauser. Phil, the thin beast, the giant, El Gigante. The man needs no introduction. Olympic gold medalist. The man is known as the wall. 58 AVP wins, 38 FIVB. Um, and just like Waltz, everybody keeps, keeps coming after him because he, they thought he lost a step. But just like that guy said in the movie Stripes, that Joel Sargent said, which one of you suckholes want to come here and knock me off? The answer is nobody yet. Not in the American scene. I mean, he's he's still up there, and he's playing in all these tournaments. He's top five in all six AVP tournaments that he played in. He won um won the AVP in New York City, beating Troy Field and Tim Baumgren. Fourth in blocks, um, as far as matches uh played over twenty, uh, and first in hitting percentage. Now I'm I'm only do I'm flattening the curve because there's someone that could play like like six matches and have a higher hitting percentage in him, but that's not how I'm doing it. 20 matches or more, he's hitting, uh, five, I believe, 575, 72 uh, um, in, in, in the AVP as far as uh, the leaderboard is concerned. So his, uh, his option, still formidable. His hands, still, still clean. His jump serve, served and served to space. Jumps, even the jump floaters, they just have this ridiculous high-level movement on it. And... Um, yeah, make mine fell number two. Yeah, I'm on this. I'm right there with you. I think uh, not that he's lost a step necessarily. I mean, I think it's just people have been testing him more. He has a not an awkward game, but he has a goofy foot approach uh, over time, over the ability to control your body. Um, you know, at a, at a more advanced age, you know, some things break down, and, and just like the the ability to chop a ball back, you know, or you know, just to to not sell a ball to a certain spot. So I think that he, uh, he would always be number one on anybody's list. I think if you're going to build a team around somebody, you're always going to start with the big guy first. Um, but yeah, just if we're talking about what player affects the game more, you know, in my eyes, Phil, yeah, he's a great player, but <clears throat> doesn't jump serve anymore. A lot of float serves, you know, that was a big piece of his game. Yeah. Um, do you think he? Do you I think do, he, yeah. he he does that because uh, because of the the integrity of the scene? Meaning that um, like if he's playing like the 16th seed and he's the one seed of the two, is he is he not totally. is he not going to tax himself because he knows he can his serve to space but, is good enough to get these guys out of system and maybe get an ace or two? And, and, and the hard thing about that though is, uh, yeah, I, I I know what you're saying, and that's really what it is. But when you play against the top teams, if you don't if you don't pull that out, you know the you, what kind of team are you if you have that in your back pocket and you don't pull it out? And I get 
saving it or saving it at a certain time, but that's why you're number two on the list and not number one because you don't have the energy or you don't have the you're just not showing it. You know, if you win without it, totally fine. You know, and that's gonna propel you up a certain list. But if you're not using it and you're not, you know, being your best, then you know there's a reason for it. You know, no, no doubt. It's injury or. You know. mm, no doubt. All right, hey. So, we went through this list very nicely. Yeah, both man, listen. Listen, the order of the top four is always going to be here, here, and there. But and number two or one is always going to be the interesting one. But with same. only one person left, Rob McLean, who is your number one? Yeah, I mean, it's Taylor Crabb. Uh, obviously, I think <clears throat> it's kind of hard to deny that he's offensively and defensively uh, very special. Um, I feel, I don't know what it is. I just, when I watch him play, maybe it's that, you know, he sees things very easily and then makes a, a decision, but I feel like the ball could go faster. You know, I feel like he makes a decision and then the ball doesn't get there. Like he, maybe he's too smart for his game, yeah. but. Or maybe just I his matrix I, is I different. Think, or, but again, like he is a little smaller and I get that, but he jumps well, you know, he's got some, some length and the ball pops off your hand well when you do that you know like i know people smaller than him that can make a ball go right over the blocker and then hit that spot and no one's touching that you know well whether the ball whether you're going the to international is, scene you're going to see a bunch of people like that totally but if we're talking about a five foot six dude and a, and, a, and a six foot five dude in the park and then we're talking about a seven footer and a, and a six foot one guy in, in in the pro level what are we talking about here you know yeah. inches and inches is the same thing so uh, it's just a different. It's at a different level. So I get it, but that's what you train for. You know, that's that's your job. So yeah, I, I I he is the number one, but I think he's still there's still a lot of uh, bar to push, right? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot more that he can he can pull that up and uh, you know get a little bit higher percentage of 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 transition defensive points and you know side out a little bit higher every time you get a chance you know that that one or two times they challenge you a game you know and maybe you can you know there's just push the bar higher yeah rob mclean make mine taylor crab that's right taylor crab because he's a dirty white boy <laughs> i got one for each brother okay one's the beefcake one's the dirty white boy the man has 437 digs in the avp in just 36 matches he finished a top 10 in eight of the 10 fivb tournaments with his partner his partner in crime jake gibb I always look at some of these 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 MVP and these all tournament uh, team categories for indoor and outdoor volleyball, and you have these giants, these mythological beasts, big hands, big face, look like they can just swallow your head clean off, right? Chomp, and you look at these guys with like big feet, taking up all kinds of court. But when it comes down to MVP, when it comes down to the best player in the world, isn't it crazy? That it's always someone like that who's like six three or six two or six one. You got like Taylor Sander, you know who unlike indoor best player in the world you got this guy Karch Karai graciously listed at six foot one was who's still basically God all right um, Adam Johnson and now we have our six foot one Taylor Crab, the skinny boy the flamboyant digger the man who lives in the matrix the man that slows time down he moves at regular speed and everybody else on the court is moving at three-quarter speed which is why his dig is coming out you see him get six-pack because his hands come out too fast or they come out this way that man is amazing and like you said we were doing this not thumbs up we were doing this because that man has a oh shoot did you just see that Rob that was an upside that's my dude, Taylor Crab. Still love you, man. Call me back. <laughs> Little freaker. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm going to queue up the clock. <laughs> I'm going to try to queue up the clock <laughs> for our good idea, bad idea. I'll just try to remember which clock it is. I got the horn. <laughs> Yeah, did you hear the horn? <laughs> you heard the horn. Come on, oh Rob. Oh my god. Yeah, I heard it. <laughs> All right, we're back. Thank you for joining us. This is this segment, this unedited footage. Now edited, we're back 
on the set. It's called Good Idea, Bad Idea. I'm going to you first, Rob. Good Idea, Bad Idea. Trent Williams goes to the Niners for a fifth-round pick. I mean, it's a great idea for the Niners. They just got a, a, a fantastic, probably one of the top five uh, offensive tackles in the league for a fifth-round pick. Um on the other side of Michael Glinchy, which they just picked up last year or two years ago. So it was a great, great pickup for them, and I'm happy that 49ers are going to be bossing it again this year. Hey, Rob McLean, Trent Williams, a former player, if you remember, from uh, Mike Shanahan, now interested in playing for the Suns, so he knows the system. Trent Williams is big on, on this whole being professional and respecting people who are vets. He's a problem child for some for some coaches, but I don't think he's going to be a problem child for Kyle Shanahan. It's a winner for it's a win for everybody. Keith Ishmael from the offensive line person from San Diego, uh, and and the third pick for next year. Man, that is a big time win for the Washington Redskins. So good riddance for says Washington, and come back home and play for a Shanahan says Kyle. Hawking the horn, baby. <laughs> Good idea, bad idea. LeBron James leading the league in assist. I'm going to go first on this. Rob, I think it's a good idea. LeBron James is still, in my, my opinion, the best player on the planet. But when you have someone like Anthony Davis and you have Kyle Kuzma, who never saw a shot that he didn't like, sooner or later you're going to start dishing off. And sooner or later it's going to open things up where he, he's going to have these ridiculous monstrous dunks. He doesn't have to bowl over people. He's not exactly clutch on a free, th- free throw line, so I don't really trust him at the end as much as I trust a lot of people. They, they might secure a championship because he's, he's going to lead the league in assist. For sure. Yeah, I, I I love him. I think it's a great, great uh, idea because he's just going to be able to um, get open lanes for himself, like you're saying. But the past, he, he's past his prime. You know, he's not going to be able to do much other than uh, facilitate for others and then be able to get himself easy buckets. He's not going to lead a team. That's not going to be his, his deal anymore. Um, so... I think it's great because he's uh, getting into the role that he needs to get into for the rest of his career. That's right. All right, Rob, going back to you. Good idea, bad idea. The Jets picking up Makai Becton. Mm, great idea. I mean, I loved everything <laughs> the Jets did this year in the draft. Uh, they picked up another wide receiver in the second round, uh, Denzel Mims, who I think is going to be a superstar. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited to watch uh, some some sports this year in the New York uh, football area. Um, yeah, Makai Becton, even if he is not the left tackle they think he's going to turn out to be, you kick him inside to guard, and he's going to be one of the best guards in the league because he's got some great feet. So it's great to see. I can't wait for the Jets to be decent. Yeah, no doubt. Listen, I co-sign with you on that, Rob, and I think it's a good idea. And the only person that's more grateful than Sam Darnold that he's coming to the Jets is the running back. Um, who's this guy that was from Pittsburgh who's, who's with him now? Oh, Le'Veon Bell. Man. Le'Veon Bell's going to love him because as far as like like knocking off the edge rusher and like pushing the pile and running up with the running back, that man is going to be running down the field. Did you see that man at the 40? Did you yeah, see that man at the 40? A 5-1. And how old? How how much does he weigh? Three hundred and sixty-five pounds. What? Three hundred and seventy-four at at, um, uh, at school. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. All right, Rob. Good idea. Bad idea. The UFC overstacking their next card on May 9th, which is UFC two forty-nine. Uh, good idea. I mean, I think it's a, a lot of um, unknowns going on. You don't know if things are going to stop again. You know, I think it's good that they try to get as much out of this event as they can um, for the fighters as well. And then, um, yeah, I just think uh, <clears throat> it's good also because a lot of people want to see a, an event. And if you stack a card, they're going to they're gonna want to see a lot of people are going to come because there's not a lot going on. There's no other professional sports. So it's like the UFC's got a lot for the taking and they're going to go for it. Rob. Dude, sorry. Rob, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> we started the clock late on this, so it gives me extra time. All right, you have 
just the undercard, you have Cowboy Cerrone on. You have Jeremy Stevens against Calvin Qatar. You have Dominic Cruz fighting um, our guy, Henry Cejudo. He ain't going to be fighting no women anytime soon. Not to mention they pushed back the Tony Ferguson-Justin Gaethje match. I love this match. I love this card. I love that it's May 9th because it seems like everybody's hell-bent on everything returning back to normal. Um, oh, oh, by the way, Donald Cerrone is fighting Anthony Pettis. Woo! Fabrizio Berduma's on his card against Alexi Olenek. It is an, an awesome card, my man. Mm-hmm. All right, last but not least, let's go back to good idea, bad idea. Question, good idea, bad idea. The AVP canceling New York City. I'll go first on this, Rob. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead, please. Oh, my God, it pains me. I don't like it. That sucks. I was so looking forward to it. But it, um, I, I, my hand is forced to say it's a good idea. They have to do it. They have to do it if 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 it were a, if the AVP was in North Dakota in June, maybe you 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 have reservations and maybe you just go, you know. Um, if it's on some island like Dana White was trying to do fine, but New York City, it was like the new kind of like the de facto ground zero for this coronavirus, and it looks like it's going to take them longer to situate themselves than anyone else in the United States. So they must think we're all nuts. Yeah, uh, I think it's just difficult to. Um, expect New York to be capable of, of hosting uh, a tournament, any type of event uh, in a short amount of time <clears throat> with just all the uncertainty going on right now. I mean, even if everything opens up, which we don't know if it is, um, it's just hard to say that <clears throat> it'll be safe uh, for all the athletes as well as all the people trying to attend and that's the big deal here is you know i want to play volleyball too but you know i want to make money too but it's if you get sick if all the other people get sick you know it's just going to hurt the reputation as well it definitely will you know and big up to the avp i know the avp has taken some hits lately um i mean not lately but like the last decade and a half uh, big up to Donald's son and big up to um, Jeff Conover that found a way to bring the energy back into the stadium. Like it was, Rob, it was, it was, dude, it was, it was nostalgic as hell. <laughs> it was awesome. It was really fun to watch. And I, and I was very, very happy to be a part of it as a coach. I was very happy to be part of it just doing my thing on NY Varsity Sports. And here we are back in the mix, ready to do our thing again. Let's do that. And we're back to our split screen. Uh, Rob, thank you so much for joining me, but I want to finish with something that I did not uh, put on the agenda. Uh, we have something that I'm trying to introduce called pet peeves and rants, or, or should I say raves? Raves are a good thing. Pet peeves are things that piss me off. All right, my pet peeve this week. You might disagree with this. You might agree with this. And, and this is going to step on the toes of a lot of people, but you know what? I don't give a damn, all right? <laughs> I'm not being this way because I'm on camera. I'm on camera because I'm this way. So with that being said, my peeve, quote unquote, if you never played, you shouldn't comment on it. Absolute nonsense. And I'll tell you why. I'll, from the simplest perspective, if I don't like the way a steak tastes, and if that's not how the way I would make my steak and someone comes up to me and says, are you a chef? You're not a chef? No, then fine, shut the F up. No, there's certain things on a basic level that you do not need to be uh, um, the... Uh, you do not need 20 years of playing experience or uh, to, to understand what the hell is going on, all right? Now, there are certain things where I draw the line. When you say someone ain't got no heart, shut up if you never played the game, all right? When you're saying someone quit out there, shut up if you never played the game. I get that. But as far as attacking, I'm a volleyball coach or a volleyball player. As far as me attacking a volleyball player with volleyball, fine. And if someone's never played this sport in their life, like Charlie Sullivan, who's a multiple-time NCAA champion with, with Springfield and was the U.S. national team coach in 2015, if someone like him has something to say about a technique or something that's, that's, that he thinks that works or doesn't work, you don't you dare tell him to shut up just because you played and he didn't. Go kick rocks. Never played the game or comment. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not much of a peeve guy. I don't really have my peeves. No, I wasn't you know, asking for one. You know me. I just wanted your thought on mine. 
I no, mean, there, there, I mean, there's a healthy I balance. I think it's very difficult uh, to, to differentiate. You know, it's always a slippery slope. But um, when it comes down to it, uh, I, I just think that if, you, if you're not doing something to, to help that person improve, then there's no reason you should tell them any, anything, really. Mm. Um, you know, even if it's that chef that, that he says, you know, if you're not a chef, don't tell me. It's like, well, that I'm the customer, you know. There's, there's a whole lot of things to, 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 to lay down when it comes to that. So Yeah, and that's why I have, I have some lines. But that's why I have some lines. Like, you, 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 you're attacking someone outside of their skill set. Then, then be sure. Be sure you've been. It, be sure that you, you, if you, if you can convey it and relate to it, at least uh, show something or say something that where you you understand the situation. You know, you're not feeling their pain. You're just saying, I understand. All right. I'm a military vet. All right. Half the thing I was, half the things I did in the army permits me to talk about anybody's gas tank. <laughs> do you know what I'm doing right now? Three days a week on this quarantine, I'm doing the military ring of fire. I'm 50 this year. You know how many of these young cats cannot do the 12 stations, the 36 minute drill, one one minute apiece? They ain't they ain't going three times around the world like me. That's my muscle memory. <laughs> but I ain't gonna go. say they can't comment on comment on it. We've been watching right. the Jordan documentary, right? Uh, a little bit. I have been, you catching I watched up? Like an episode, but I haven't been. Uh, I haven't been caught up on it yet. No. They concentrated a lot, a lot, a lot on Dennis Rodman this week and him coming up and where he played in college, and of course, uh, Chuck Daly. And Chuck Daly. The reason why it even popped in my head is because Chuck Daly is one of those guys that never dribbled a basketball in his life. Two-time champion. All right, Great coached coach, the man. first dream team. Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Uh, Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, uh, um, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Scotty Pippen. That's some college guy from Duke named Christian Leitner. Uh, <laughs> now, you you telling me this guy never dribbled a basketball in his life and he's managing all of those personalities. Guess what? That's respect. All right? And listen, my respect for you is always profound. Once again, Rob McLean, thanks for making this episode happen again. And again, this is 14 consecutive episodes, all right? Coronavirus be damned. We found a way. We were doing it in studio. Rob, in his, in his place in beautiful, sunny Redondo Beach, California, letting them know where you live, okay? Because I'm going to let them know where I live. Beautiful, sunny uh, Hermosa Beach, California. For Rob McLean, keep it McLean, McLean. I'm Jason DeBeas. I love all of you to pieces. Thank you for listening. Going to have a segment on this volleyball thing. But for now, we're out. See ya!